This is Crowcast, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcast, you will hear from our specialists, offering insights and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Hello and welcome to another episode of Crowcasts. I'm Jeremy Cooper and I'm both a partner and head of retail here at Crow. I'm delighted to welcome back our VAT director, Rob Jennering, who will be joining me today as we discuss some of the new changes and updates we've seen across the retail sector over the last few months. Um, Hello, Rob. Thanks for joining me. Morning, Jeremy. Good to be here with you today. So let's kick things off. Since our last podcast back in October last year, there's been significant changes in the sector from the UK entering its third lockdown to our exit from the EU. We're thrilled to see shops and restaurants across the UK open their doors on Monday um, after a long period of closure under the third lockdown. Um, but, But what exactly does this mean for retailers? So firstly, It's such a relief for the sector to be able to reopen after three months and to bring their employees back off furlough. Every retailer we've spoken to is delighted to be able to open their doors to the public again. And it's been wonderful from a retail perspective to see the excitement around the country. Beyond the headlines of queues at Primark and and midnight haircuts, it's really fantastic for everyone involved in the sector to get back to the high street. Clearly, though, you know, the retail sector has had to adapt their offering to ensure the safety of their employees and the public with limits on the number of people in stores to perspex screens and signage. And and this all adds cost to to retailers. For bricks and mortar retail, though, the great unknown in all of this is how will our retail habits have changed during the pandemic? And to what extent footfall in our town centres will recover to pre-pandemic levels? We saw an increase in the footfall in August and September last year after the easing of restrictions following the first lockdown. But let's be honest, footfall did not return to normal levels. One could say that the reimposition of restrictions meant that there wasn't sufficient time to fully recover. We will have to see if a more sustained easing, which hopefully with the successful vaccination programme we will experience this time, how high streets recover. Back in March, the government announced its UK budget. As part of this, the retail sector was offered support in the form of an extension to the CJRS scheme, the uh, VAT deferment and the, the time to pay, the recovery loan scheme, local grants, there were further business rates, holidays and the restart grant. So let's just think about how successful these schemes have been and how easy to to deal with for retailers. The coronavirus job retention scheme has clearly been a huge success. And and let's be honest here, whilst it's not straightforward to administer, and, and there's many a retailer who's scratched his head wondering whether or not they've got it right, without it, the retail sector would have been absolutely decimated. Millions of retail jobs would have been lost and much-loved retailers would have fallen into insolvency. So that's been a great success and, 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 you know, retailers have have praised the Chancellor and the government for the CJRS scheme. Um, Clearly some more certainty throughout 
the year when it was on, it was off, and it was being extended, wasn't it? Um, would have been useful, but the fact is, um, it has been a, a real success for the sector. The business rates holidays have also been great. Inevitably, for schemes that were announced at relatively short notice in a time of crisis, there's been there's been complications which have certainly led to frustration for many a retail finance director struggling to see if they're eligible for the grant or relief. But on the whole, the support given has been a success. It was really pleasing to see the government increase the state aid limits, although inevitably there are complications around the rules that can be difficult to get answers to. We've seen local authorities who administer the local grants and restart grants have not really consistently applied the rules and in some cases have not really been clear themselves as to what the rules are. I think more guidance is required and for retailers struggling to run their businesses, it's been stressful and difficult to make commercial decisions when there's been such uncertainty around your eligibility for these grants or rates holidays. This has particularly affected the multi-store retailers, um, and I've had a number of calls with clients looking and, and, and trying to understand the rules that can be quite vague and, you know, sometimes involving millions of pounds, and decisions have got to be made in terms of do we keep this store or don't we, um, and the impact on the jobs around that. Now, Rob, back when we last spoke, we discussed the changes to import-export in the, in the sector as a result of Brexit. We've already seen the first wave of changes on 1st of January for business-to-consumer sale of goods both into the UK and into the EU, and the new roles for online marketplaces. And now from 1st of July, we will see further changes to these rules. There are many variables that businesses will need to consider, including import, one-stop shops, new distance selling rules and online market obligations. So, Rob, can you give us some more detail on what we can expect and what retailers need to prepare for? Absolutely. So what we've already had were changes on the 1st of January um, this year because of Brexit. So the UK left the EU and that meant there was no more distance selling. So what we've now got is um, when an EU retailer sells into the UK, um, it's now an import, and that means there's import VAT and duties potentially payable. However, if the package they send is under £135, there's no import VAT and no import duty, um, but that overseas seller has to register for UK VAT and uh, charge VAT to its customer and pay it to HMRC. So we have been seeing lots of overseas businesses registering for VAT in the UK. And if they haven't, there have been problems getting the packages into the country. Now, the next set of changes coming up are going to be those on the 1st of July 2021. And these changes are on the EU side, but they are very similar to what's happened in the UK. And so what we're going to see is it that if you've got a package that is uh, under 150 euros and uh, there will be no import VAT or import duty charged, so long as the supplier registers for uh, VAT in one of the member states and accounts for VAT in the country where the goods are going to be delivered. 
Um, just like the UK scheme, if there are any packages over that value of 150 euros or 135 in the UK, um, it will be counted as a normal import into the territory and the normal rules of import VAT and duty being payable will apply. And businesses are going to have to think about whether they uh, register for VAT in the country of import or do they leave their customer to manage it. Uh, what One final thing I would add that's really important is that these rules don't apply just to the traditional suppliers, so to so the people making the products or selling them. They also apply to online marketplaces, so people like your Amazons, your Ebays, your Truvers and so forth. Um, in, in these situations where you've got an online marketplace facilitating the supply from the seller to the buyer, and the packages are under £135 or €150, Euros, then the marketplace will need to account for the VAT and the supplier won't. So really important to understand how you're going to market and where your VAT and accounting obligations sit. So th these are big changes that we're already helping people manage. The EU have just opened up the registrations for uh, for suppliers in the EU, and it's going to be have a significant impact, basically, for how you manage VAT in your supplies, and ultimately a big consideration around the customer experience and making sure it can be maintained. I think that retail has had to cope with so much over the last eighteen months. They're a resilient bunch, but the sheer volume of change the sector is having to deal with is a major distraction from simply getting on with providing great customer service. Looking to the future of the sector and what we can expect to see, or more likely areas of change we need to be aware of, I think will be the ongoing online versus high street battle. As mentioned, there has been a significant drop in footfall over the past year. Will we see these numbers increase? Footfall did see an uptick in the autumn last year and non-store retail declined in those months per the Office of National Statistics data. What we don't know for certain is to what extent store retailing will recover against the pre-pandemic levels. 2019 was a really bad year for retail generally, but bricks and mortar retail is currently operating at a fraction of its 2019 levels. My own view is that we will see some recovery in high street spending, but there are inevitably going to be sectors within retail where consumers have experienced the online experience and will go for the convenience of online for certain purchases. The key for the future in the high street would appear to be about the whole shopping experience and the successful retailers of the future will offer the customer more than just a transaction. Maybe, and, and we've seen some start to this already, the successful retailers of the future are going to be the ones that combine the online and the convenience of online with the experience from bricks and mortar retailing. And this is where I feel that retail landlords will have to have a major rethink of the whole retail environment to ensure the high street remains relevant to consumers for the future. Online and e-commerce is here to stay. Retailers, landlords and local authorities will really need to work together and to embrace digital to ensure the success of our town centres in the future. 
Well, hopefully this has given our listeners some things to think about and help them prepare for changes that are coming in July, as well as given you some areas to think about as we start to prepare for this new normal. As always, we'd like to thank you for listening and please do come back and join us again for another Crowcasts. Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we devise and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.